Now listen. All the stories contained within here are retold as they were originally recounted and may not be suitable for young'uns or those with a sensitive disposition. Listen to discretion is advised, y'all. Why, hey dee, everybody. Well, it's that time again, ain't it? Why don't y'all just settle on in and get cozy? Because, boy, have I got a doozy of a hate story for y'all this time around. <laughs> I tell y'all, it ain't ever been easy to be a woman. Oh, sure, in these modern times, we have it pretty good. Although we still have a fair ways to go. But all through history, women have just been simply dealt this short end of the stick. Now, I was lucky enough and privileged enough to be raised by some of the strongest and bravest and toughest and smartest women this world has ever known. For generations, women in my family on both sides have collected the wisdom and strength of their foremothers to share with their daughters, and I am honored and proud to carry on that tradition. When the going is tough, the women in my family are a whole lot tougher, and once we've set our minds to a task, <laughs> You have a better chance of changing the tides than all minds. Well, nowadays, thankfully, being a cunning and an independent woman is a pretty common thing. Why, I'd even go as far as to say it's normal for a woman to own her own business, or farm her own land, or maybe even have a little herb garden outside the door. But back at the turn of the 18th century, well... <laughs> Miss Grace Sherwood was an oddity that made the folks in Pongo, Virginia, a mite suspicious. You see, Miss Grace was the sort of woman who lived life on her own terms, and, well, that sometimes didn't sit too well with her neighbors. She was tall and fit and strong as a man. Hell, oftentimes stronger. Well, now, sure, any woman who lived in the Americas back in the 18th century had to be strong and hearty, but Miss Grace, well, she was something else. Now, when Miss Grace wasn't helping to heal animals or folks with her herbs from her forbidden garden, or acting as the village midwife, she could often be found out in her fields in trousers, no less, doing back-breaking, tossing work alongside her family. Hey, when you're poor and there's work to be done, you pitch in wherever you're needed, right? It is also said Miss Grace was a highly attractive woman with what folks in the village called a keen sense of humor. <laughs> For those of y'all who ain't familiar with 18th century gossip, that just meant Miss Grace didn't have no trouble talking trash with men folk. Now, I'm sure I don't have to tell y'all that a being a pretty gal with a smart mouth who bucked tradition and didn't mind getting her hands dirty, well, y'all can just imagine Miss Grace didn't have the best of reputations around the village. And I suppose that's pretty much where our story begins. Now, in places like Salem, Massachusetts, or the Scottish Lowlands, being different or having a tainted reputation often meant folks ended up being burned or hung as witches. Why, it didn't matter that folks was innocent, or if their accusers was just trying to steal land, or that there was no proof. Most of the time, all it took was an evil eye or pointed finger, and poof, you were a witch. But thankfully, that ain't how things worked in Virginia. The leaders of the colony cared more about keeping the peace than finger-wagging gossip or slander. Folks accusing somebody of being a witch had to bring solid proof of their claims. 
No, fainting away and screaming about seeing devils in the meeting house just wasn't enough. And if a claim couldn't be proven, well, the accused could countersue for slander. And that's exactly what Miss Grace did every time one of her neighbors decided they was going to sue her for being a witch. Now, it all started when Richard Cap accused Miss Grace of conjuring up a spell to kill his bull. A year later, John Gisborne claimed Miss Grace hexed his pigs and cotton crop. Then, to beat the devil, Elizabeth Barnes filed charges against Miss Grace, claiming that she, now hear this, turned into a black cat, jumped onto Miss Elizabeth's back, and beat her while riding her like a horse, then turned into a black smoke before slipping through a keyhole to escape. <laughs> Some folks just truly have an amazing imagination, don't you think? Anyway... Miss Grace did the only thing she could do each time wild accusations were thrown at her. Why, she stood up for herself, of course. She would march right into that meeting house in Pungo, which was a good 16 miles away from her home, mind you, and face down her accusers each and every time. And every single time the claims were thrown out, and Miss Grace countersued her accusers for slander. Now, by 1706, the county court had heard from so many folks accusing Miss Grace of being a witch, they was pretty much on a first-name basis with that woman. So when Elizabeth Hill filed claims against Miss Grace, saying she had caused Miss Elizabeth's miscarriage with a hex, well, the court was more than fed up with the whole affair. They ordered two groups of women to not only search Miss Grace's house for wax dolls and other witchy materials, but to also examine her body for demon teats and other devil marks. Well, either out of fear or sisterly mercy, most of the local women in Pungo refused to take part, and it took nearly a week for them to find enough wizened and ancient women to carry out the demeaning tasks, one of which was that old Elizabeth Barnes herself, that hateful old biddy. And none of them women found anything either. Just an old rosemary bush and a couple of hairy moles. Well, records of Miss Grace's trial say neither the county court or the court in Williamsburg were interested in trying her for witchcraft, especially without any sort of proof. But they were also interested in ending all the gossip that kept cropping up every time somebody's pig got sick. Eventually, it was decided they would try Miss Grace by the ordeal of ducking. <laughs> Well, now, for y'all don't know what ducking is, it's sort of simple, really. Folks used to think that water was pure, and it would reject evil. So they figured that if they threw an accused person into a body of water, that a witch would float and an innocent would sink. Well, I'm sure you can imagine that didn't turn out too well for most folks who were pitched into those ponds or rivers, seeing as how not many people knew how to swim back in them days. Not only that, but before a person was tossed in the water, their thumbs was tied to their toes and a heavy Bible or a millstone was tied around their neck. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think I care for them odds. Now, as the story goes, on the day Miss Grace was to be subjected to the ordeal of ducking, a great storm blew in, causing the Lynn Haven River to nearly bust out of its banks. Why, it took nearly a week for the floodwaters to recede enough so they could head out on the water. Then, Miss Grace was taken to a local parish church and given one last chance to confess and beg for forgiveness for her sins of witchcraft. And true to her nature, she simply replied, I be not a witch. I be a healer. Well, 
With no other options left, the chef and the magistrate marched Miss Grace down to the mouth of the river where the massive crowd of folks from all over the colony had started forming to watch the old deal. Once more, Miss Grace's body was publicly examined by a group of women on the riverbank. Oh, you know, just to make sure she hadn't hid anything she could use to get loose in her bindings. And then she was forced into a sack up to her neck after her thumbs had been tied to her toes. And while the justices who ordered the ordeal rode out into the middle of the river in one boat, Miss Grace, the sheriff, and the magistrate ventured out in another. Now, as the men prepared to push Miss Grace into the water, she called out in a clear, calm voice that could be heard even on shore, Before this day be through, you will all get a duckin' worse than I. Well, now, most everybody in the crowd laughed at Miss Grace's vow, seeing as it happened to be a clear, blue, cloudless day. But the moment she was tossed into the water, the laughter died on the lips, because... Miss Grace, <laughs> she floated, y'all. Well, the magistrate quickly pulled Miss Grace back over to the boat and tied a 13-pound Bible to her neck. He figured that if she could keep floating even with the word of God tied around her, then she had to be a witch. But like a stone, Miss Grace sank below the water's surface only to pop back up a few moments later after having freed herself from her bindings and the Bible's weight. It said that then Miss Grace proceeded to swim all around them two boats, taunting and swearing at the men as they tried to fish her out of the water. And as she made her way to shore, all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, the skies grew dark and a terrible downpour unleashed itself and soaked all of the gathered crowd. The two boats rushed back to the riverbanks and the justices ordered Miss Grace to be taken into custody for further examination and trials. Now from there... Miss Grace's account gets a bit muddled because most all of Virginia's court documents from before the Civil War were pretty much lost when the rebels decided to burn down Richmond because they were sore losers. Most folks say that Miss Grace was held in the county jail for nearly eight years until they decided to just one day let her go. And that's it. Miss Grace went back to her farm and lived out the rest of her days in peace with her son and their families, tended her land and caring for folks and critters in need. Nobody ever accused her of witchcraft again. Well, not that we know of, at least. But the rumors and gossip never really went away. Whispers followed Miss Grace for the rest of her life, but there is one thing that's for dang sure. Nobody in Pungo was ever brave enough to cross that woman again. Now, it's said that Miss Grace passed away in her sleep at the ripe old age of 80. <laughs> she even outlived all of her accusers and most of the justices that oversaw her cases. Probably out of sheer spite knowing her. <laughs> now, there's a couple of legends as to what happened when Miss Grace died, and all of those stories are still being passed around Virginia Beach and the surrounding area to this day. Some folks say when Miss Grace died, she was laid out in front of her hearth to be sat with before the burial next day. But during the night, there was a great wind that swept down the chimney, causing the fires, embers, and ashes to fly all around the room. And once the dust and ash settled, Miss Grace's body was nowhere to be found, with the only clue being a large cloven hoof in the ash next to the hearth. <laughs> that just sounds like a bunch of hogwash to me. Now, it's a widely believed thing that Miss Grace is buried in an unmarked grave about five miles from her home. 
A few folks will tell you that when she was first laid to rest, a great storm came which flooded the area and caused Miss Grace's coffin to float out of the grave several times before it could ever be made to stay put. Others will say that after she was buried, a great many black cats came and flocked all over her gravesite and roamed all throughout the county. Well, fearing that these were Miss Grace's devilish familiars coming to worship at the mistress's resting place, the townspeople massacred every black cat they could find and ended up killing a good number of the rest of the cats in the village, too. Mm, 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 mm. Can you imagine? But that turned out to be a real bad idea for the folks of Pungo, though. Because, you see, if you get rid of all your cats, then there's nothing to keep the rats out of your grain bins or the rest of your food stores. <laughs> the whole community suffered for a good long while trying to fend off that horrible rat infestation they brought upon themselves. Seems like they got exactly what they deserved, if you ask me. But now, there's one legend that very few folks know about. Nowadays, folks call the spot where Miss Grace was thrown into the river Witch Duck Point. The entire area is just covered in big old beautiful houses with perfectly manicured lawns and all the fixings and trimmings. Everybody who lives there says it's a quiet and peaceful neighborhood. Just the perfect place to live, you know. The only catch is learning to live with the ghostly pale woman who just ever so often crawls up out of the river to wander around in folks' back gardens. I suppose Grace Sherwood is still doing things on her own terms after all. Hey y'all, I just wanted to say welcome and thank y'all for stopping by. I'm Miss Dahlia and this is Southern Hate Stories. This channel's a home for all the American Southern legends that I've gathered over the years that I want to share with you kind folks. But if you'd rather listen to my stories while y'all are stuck in traffic or doing a little workout, well, that's just fine by me. Won't y'all head on over to that old podcast player of yours and search for Southern Hank Stories there, or you can find all my tales at anchor.fm forward slash Southern Hank Stories. By the way, do you happen to have a local or regional Hank story you want to share? I'm always looking for Southern tales to entertain y'all with, so if you're willing, won't you write me at dlumacavoy at gmail.com and let me know all about the ghosties in your garden. Maybe we can find a place for your story here on the channel sometime. And you know, I'd love to know what you think of Southern Hank stories, so won't you leave a comment or a review so y'all can help me build this into something we can all love and enjoy together. And while y'all are over that way, make sure you take a gander at the description of the channel's homepage and visit all the lovely individuals who help make Southern Hank stories possible. But mostly, I just want to thank y'all so very, very much for coming over and listening. I can't tell y'all how much it means to this old black soul of mine to share all these wonderful stories I grew up listening to with you kind people. Now go on and have a lovely day, you hear? But you better make sure you mosey on back over here in two weeks for another hate story to creep up under y'all's skin. <laughs>